Amen. Amen to that song. Isn't it wonderful to hear so many voices, so many hearts declaring that declaration that we love Jesus. And we do. Not only do we love Jesus, we want to do what Jesus says. We want to follow Jesus. We want to become like Jesus, as Romans chapter 8 teaches us. If you've got your Bibles, we're going, to be in, we're going to be in the book of Psalms chapter 15, but we've got to do a little journey before we get there. But we encourage you to get your Bible working your way to Psalms 15, and we'll be there in just a moment. Good to be back. I missed you. I miss preaching this place. This is my favorite place in the whole world to preach, right before you. And I know you all love Jesus so much. I was looking at something the other day. It's called Life's Instructions by Children. And Patrick, age 10, says, never trust a dog to watch your lunch. That's good advice. Rosemary, age 7, says, never try to hide a piece of broccoli in a glass of milk. Kelly, age 10, says, never, ever be too full for dessert. Now, I've lived by that one. Heather, age 16, says, when your dad is mad and asks, do I look stupid, don't answer him. Philip, age 13, says, never dare your little brother to paint the family car. And Molly, age 11, says, remember, you're never too old to hold your father's hand. And that's true spiritually. And that's why we come today to open our Bibles. Bible's more than just life's instruction, it's heaven's instructions. It reminds us that what God wants us to do, a world without God is a world that's in chaos and doesn't know which direction to turn. But a world that follows God, a people that follow God, when you follow God, what a difference it makes in each of our hearts. In May of 1869, in a little place in Utah, two railroad trains came together. It's the Union Pacific and the Central Pacific. And what they did is they crossed tracks across the whole country and went through plains and mountains and over rivers and through canyons. It's called the Transcontinental Railroad. And as they came together, the last spike was driven was a golden spike. But before that, there was months and months and months where surveyors from both railroad companies and engineers were making sure that the tracks would meet. You're going that far, what would happen if they didn't meet? More to our times today when we think about the arch in St. Louis, how one side was built and the other side was built and it had to meet in the middle. And engineers said if it was off by one sixty-fourth of an inch, it would not have met. We're talking about alignment. When you go in someone's house and you see a picture of crooked, you notice it needs to be aligned. Some of us, when our cars are not driving right, they just kind of drift to the left or drift to the right. There's an alignment problem. When we talk about being aligned with God, the word is integrity. And that's what we're going to look at today, the idea of spiritual integrity. Other words similar to integrity that our Bibles would use would be just. The book of Job describes Job as a blameless and just man. Other words would be upright or honest or honorable. The Philistine king, when David was hiding among the Philistines, recognized that David was an upright man. And when you think about this concept of integrity, alignment spiritually, being aligned with God. God's over here and I'm over here, but we don't line up right. There's going to be a problem. 
And so we notice that alignment is something that someone's going to notice about you. Your integrity is what they're going to notice. They're going to notice this when you do business with somebody. Are you an honest person? Somebody gives you too much change. Is it your lucky day? Or are you a man of integrity that says, you need to recount this. This isn't correct. When you sell something, are you an honest person or do you hide the facts about certain things? Honesty and integrity is what people will notice about you. Do you keep your word, as we'll see in just a moment about some of these things? And then some talk a good game, but they don't live up to this. And so we find passages like Matthew 23, verse 3, where Jesus is describing the Pharisees of his times. He says, Therefore, all that they tell you to do, do. What they're saying is right. Observe what they're doing, but do not do according to their deeds, for they say things and do not do them. In modern times, we simply say their walk and their talk doesn't match. There's an alignment problem here. They're saying one thing, but they're doing something else. What they're saying is right. Do that. Don't follow their example because they don't even listen to themselves. And so when this alignment is not correct, it causes a, an illusion. And the illusion gets us into all kinds of trouble. Here in Matthew 23, Jesus would say in verse 25, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup of the days, but inside are full of robbery and indulgence. They were doing holy things, Jesus said, but you're not holy. You're sitting in the church building, and what are your thoughts? Oh, you got up this morning, and you came to the church house. That's a wonderful thing, but is your mind on things it shouldn't be? An example of this is back in the book of Amos in the Old Testament where the people were saying, when will the new moon be over so we may sell gain and the Sabbath? Remember, under the Jewish law, they could do no work on the Sabbath. Sabbath was a day to be with your family. Sabbath was a day to go to synagogue. Sabbath was a day to connect with God. When will the Sabbath be over, they said, that we may open the wheat market to make the bushel smaller, the shekel bigger, and to cheat with dishonest scales? There they are on the day to think about God, and all they're thinking about is how to cheat. The walk and the talk didn't match. There was an alignment issue, we would say. Again, we look in our Bibles at places like Romans chapter 2. You, therefore, who teach another, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that one should not steal, do you steal? You who say that one should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You abhor idols, do you rob temple? All they're saying is your, your talk is great, but your walk doesn't match that. Again, the book of Titus. They profess to know God, but by their deeds they deny him. Being detestable, disobedient, worthless for any good deed. In the book of 1 John, it says, The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. So what we're looking at this morning is the idea of integrity. The idea of lining up with God. The idea that what we sing, oh, how I love Jesus, is the way I live. And that when we think about one day he is coming... I believe that, and my choices reflect that. Spiritual alignment. Now, when we are not aligned, that leads to the subject of hypocrisy. 
If you've got your note cards, we're just going to run through hypocrisy for just a little bit and talk about what that is. And hypocrisy comes about from not being aligned with God. Now, sometimes people accuse people of hypocrisy when it's really not. If you change your mind, that's not hypocrisy. That's called growth. You've learned things. I once thought this, and I learned otherwise. Now I changed my mind. That's not being a hypocrite. You've grown. You've changed your mind. Being weak is not the same thing as hypocrisy. A person simply needs to grow. He may stumble a lot. What hypocrisy is, it is to be a pretender or someone who is a fake. I pretend to be what I'm not. And the very word comes to us from the idea of an actor. Someone who pretends to be the villain, and then he turns around and changes mask, and now I'm the hero, and I turn around and change mask, and now I'm the damsel in distress, and all that is pretending what I'm really not. That's what hypocrisy is. And what hypocrisy is, is there's a spiritual alignment issue. There's an integrity problem. And what we're going to see as we talk about this, it's noticed First, by your family. And so the characteristic of hypocrisy, you're concerned more what others think than what God thinks. And so the image is so important. I've got to look like a good Christian, whatever that means, so you think I'm a good Christian, and I'm not really concerned about what God says or what God thinks. There's an emphasis here about the image more than reality, A greater emphasis on the outside than the inside, and the internal and the external simply do not line up. That's integrity. And so this kind of shows us, when we talk about this, we talk a lot about our worship services. We talk a lot about what we do on Sunday morning. But what did you do on Saturday night? What did you do on Friday afternoon? What do you do tomorrow when you go to school and go to work? Taking that test, now I've been there before, and here's a question, you think, this surely wasn't in a book, I have no idea what this teacher's asking. But there's that smart person right in front of you, and oh, a little bit leaning this way, and a little bit leaning this way, and I can look at that answer, and I can cheat. I'm at work, and the boss wants certain sales to be done, and I can fudge the numbers, I can fudge my expense counts. I can do this and do that. That's integrity issue. It's not just what I'm doing on Sunday morning in the church house. It is, is my life aligned with God? That's what we're looking at. And so God calls us to live a life of integrity. Book of Proverbs chapter 10. He who walks in integrity walks securely, but he who perverts his way will be found out. And then in chapter 11, The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the crookedness of the treacherous will destroy them. God wants you to be aligned with him. He wants a life of integrity. Now, all of that takes us to Psalms 15 now. Let's turn down in our Bible, Psalms chapter 15. And in Psalms 15, the psalmist is going to use this word integrity. And what he's going to do is he's going to show us three steps that we need to consider about being aligned with God. One of the things I want you to notice before we read the text here is six times in the New American Standard, the word does is being talked about here. He'll say in verse 3, he does, nor does. He'll say at the end of verse 4, and does not change. Verse 5, about three times does. He's talking about action here. 
So alignment is more than what I think. Oh, how I love Jesus. Then why did you say his name in vain? Oh, how I love Jesus. Then why don't you do what he says? Oh, how I love Jesus. Why don't you come to services like you could? So what the psalmist is talking about is our actions. Your actions show the alignment of your heart with God. He begins with a question, verse 1. Oh, Lord, this is a prayer. Oh, Lord, who may dwell in your tent? Talk about the, the habitation of God. Who dare can stand where God stands? Some of us have been watching the, uh, the priest up before the queen's funeral tomorrow. And you notice as a mass of crowds have gone by, some have stood in line 20 hours long just to walk by. Family members were up on the steps right in front of that casket. Who gets to stand up there by the queen's body? Certain people. So the psalmist is saying, who can dwell in your house? And so he answers the question, who may dwell in your holy hill? Verse 2, he who walks with integrity and works righteousness speaks truth in his heart, does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor nor takes up a reproach against his friend, and whose eye of reprobate is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. He does not put out his money at interest, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He does these things. He will never be shaken. Here he's given us the description of a man aligned with God. Here's a man whose walk and talk match Here's a man of integrity. And one of the first things we notice here is he is just in speech. Notice again, verse 3. He does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor. If you've got your New Testament, turn with me back to the book of James, if you will. James chapter 3. You find that right behind the book of Hebrews. Book of James chapter 3. And notice what James says here about our tongue. James chapter 3. Begin at verse 8. James 3, verse 8. But no one can tame the tongue, he says. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. With it, talking about our tongue, we bless our Lord and Father. Have we not done that? Oh, how I love Jesus. We bless God. But read on what verse 9 says. And with it, we curse men. How dare you, Shannon, park in my parking space. You see that? Same tongue, cursing God, rather honoring God and cursing man. And then he says, from the same mouth, verse 10, come both blessings and curses. Now you can say that's just the way it is. That's life. No. Look how verse 10 ends. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. There's an alignment problem. You're not walking with God. Then he gets two illustrations here. Does the fountain, verse 11, send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? And the answer is no. Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives? No. Or a vine produce figs? No. Neither can salt water produce fresh. The problem of the tongue was somebody was not walking with God as he should be. It was an integrity problem. So here are some things. When somebody says to you, i got to tell you something, but don't tell anyone else. 
Don't tell anyone else. I don't want anyone else to know this. And then you hear that and you say, now, Jason, I'm going to tell you something. Please don't repeat this because you're not supposed to tell anybody. Well, where, got, where did I get the permission to do that? A mouth of integrity. A mouth that speaks honestly. A mouth that is just. A mouth that does that. Promising to do, do something and then you don't do it. Out of the same mouth comes blessings and curses. Man, I love Tanner. But then we go home, Tanner, I just can't stand that guy. Well, no, publicly we say this, privately we say something else. That's not aligned with God. That's not speaking as God wants us to speak. To speak negative about someone when you're pretending to be positive with that person is a problem. Our mouths are a window to our soul. Our mouths are a window to our heart. And so the path of integrity... Who can stand in God's holy hill? Who can stand in God's tent? First of all, someone whose mouth is honest. And so that tells you, as James would say in the first chapter, it's better to be slow to speak and quick to hear. There's some things you don't need to express your opinion on. There's some things you just don't need to say. And you just don't do these things. You know, someone asked me a while back, why is it you wear crazy socks and wild ties? I said, well, I don't want people to lie at the church when they go out. Good servant when I know they're sleeping during the whole thing. You know, one of these days, I've never done this yet, but one of these days when somebody goes out and I've seen him sleeping during the whole sermon, I'm going to say to him, and he says to you, good sermon, preacher, I'm going to say, which did you like, the fourth point or the fifth point? Oh, I like the fifth point. Wonderful. There's only three in the whole sermon. You know? Be honest. So they can talk about my tie. Man, your tie is ugly. That's okay. You're honest. Man, I hate your socks. That's okay. Don't say something that's not true. You see that? This is, a, this is spiritual alignment. This is what people notice. Years ago, they used to talk about having on the way home from church. The little child would say, what are we going to have for supper? Mama said, same thing as last week. Burnt elders and fried preacher. And that's what we do sometimes. And is it any wonder the little ones grow up and think, why do we go to church? Because you don't like it. You're always talking negative about that. A person of integrity. You see that? Now, let's go on to the very next verse. What is alignment with God? It's being true in my values. Look again, verse 4, as we look at Psalms chapter 15. Psalms 15, verse 4. He says, in whose eyes a reprobate is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord. He swears to his own hurt and does not change. Here's someone who loves what God loves and hates what God hates. He's conforming to the image of Jesus Christ. In the book of Proverbs in chapter 22, there's this wonderful statement about the old, olden days. And in Proverbs 22 and verse 28, it says, Do not move the ancient boundary which your fathers have set. Now, long before that, we had surveyors and all these plat maps. You put a big rock, and that's a corner of your property, is this big old rock. And in the middle of the night, if I was not aligned with God, I'm not a person of integrity, I could move that rock just a little bit over here. And I just picked up a little bit more property. 
And in time, I could move that rock over here and pick up a little bit more property and move it clear over here. And when the owner says, huh, I always saw it was over there. Well, there's the rock. It must be right here. Well, I guess you're right. What did he do? He cheated. He was dishonest. And so when we think about integrity, it's being honest in my values with others. And then the, the third thing he says is being honest in my dealings with others. Let's go again back to Proverbs chapter 15. Excuse me, Psalms 15. Psalms 15, now verse 5. He does not put out his money at interest. Don't you find that interesting? Of all ways to talk about my honesty with other people, he brings up a touchy subject that's touchy with us, and that's money. Money. Because, because money can make us do funny things. Money can make us kind of be dishonest. That's why there's car reports. Before you buy this used car, you hear, check the report. Why? Because people are not honest. Before you buy that house, have it inspected. Why? Because people may not be honest. And so he's talking about honesty. Honesty went all through and through. Treat people the correct way that they ought to be treated. In the book of 1 Timothy, in chapter 3, as we talk about the role of shepherds, it says, and he must have a good reputation with those outside the church so he will not fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Now, this is not spoken just of elders. It should be of all of us. What does the community think about you? They say, well, you know what? When Steve says yes, it's going to be yes. If Steve says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. Why? Because that's a person of integrity. And this comes about by being aligned with God in our hearts, and our thoughts, our words, and our lives. That's the idea of integrity. Walking the talk. Oh, how I love Jesus. Great thing to sing, but do I? Jesus one time would say to the disciples, why do you call me Lord? Lord, Lord, and you do not do what I say. There was an alignment problem. Things simply were not adding up the right way. And so there's a story, it's told, about a Chinese emperor. And he organized an orchestra. And in this orchestra, he was going to give every player in the orchestra a place to live and a salary. And that was appealing to this one man. This one man didn't have a job. And they said, man, I would love to have that. So he signed up, borrowed a friend's flute, even though he'd never played it in his life. He sat in the back with all the flute players. And he always put it up to his mouth, but he never blew. He pretended. When they had practice, he pretended. When they had a performance, he pretended. And this went on for months and months because he was living a good life. He had a salary. He thought it was wonderful. Until one day, the emperor said, I want to hear each one of you by yourself playing a solo. When his turn came, he suddenly got sick and couldn't make it. Another appointment was made. He got sick again. The royal physician was sent in and found out he wasn't sick. And the man finally realizing the gig was up, he was going to be caught, took poison and killed himself. And out of that came the expression, unable to face the music. You see, 
He was pretending. The number one reason in America for CEO changes is because of a lack of integrity or ethics. We read in the news just recently about the CEO of Bed Bath & Beyond. He had some scheme about the stocks. He's pumping the stock prices up, and then he was going to sell all his stocks. He was under investigation, and he took his life. You see, when you're not walking right with the Lord, when your life is a life of, of pretending and fake, it will catch up with you. And so back to that song, one day, one day it won't matter whether you're a Republican or Democrat. It won't matter. One day it will not matter whether you fertilize your yard or not. One day it will not matter if you get your oil changed every 3,000 miles. One day, what will matter is, have you walked honestly with Jesus? Have you done what Jesus wants you to do? That's what the Bible teaches us. And so this morning, as we wrap this up, that's a, that's a powerful thought throughout scriptures, is to be a man, a woman, who's honest in our values. When I say yes, Jesus said, let your yes be yes, you don't have to swear on a stack of Bibles. You don't have to stand on your mama's grave and say, I'm telling you the truth. When my people say, hear me say yes, he's going to keep his word. When they hear me say no, I'm going to mean that. Because I am a person, you are a person that is aligned with God. And that begins with our salvation. You have to do what the Bible says to be saved. You can't do what the internet says. You can't do what other people says. You can't even do what churches say. You have to do what God says. God is the one who's going to align you. God is the one who will forgive you. God is the one who will save you. The Bible teaches us that you must believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You must repent of your sins, confess Christ, and then be baptized. Be immersed to wash away those sins and to walk with Jesus. To be aligned little boy one day was asking his mom, what's a Christian? Just what is a Christian? She said, well, a Christian is somebody who goes to church, worships God. A Christian is someone who helps other people. A Christian is someone who's kind. A Christian is someone who's honest. After a little while hearing all that, the little boy raised his hand up and said, Mom, have I ever seen one of those people? Makes you wonder, doesn't it? Alignment. Integrity. Being one with God. If we can help you, won't you come?